recommended by my kid podcast aka the nork podcast i'm brandon i'm aaron and every week we perform an investigation into the weird useless and or dumb elements of children's media uh what are we going to talk about today aaron we're going to talk about wild kratz what is wild kratz well i first became familiar with wild kratz because our local theater has on saturday mornings shows for kids pbs and you go and you sit in a theater when it's really hot and your kid watches TV and you zone out and eat a pizza, which is great. But for a while, when they were running this stuff on Saturday mornings, they were doing three episodes of Wild Kratts in a row. So I saw a lot of Wild Kratts and it is my least favorite PBS Kids it's show. Hard, it's hard to sit through three back-to-back episodes of, of Wild Kratts. What is, uh, explain to us the premise of the show Wild Kratts. What is going on in Wild Kratts? So there's two brothers, Chris and Martin Kratt, and they're animal people in the vein of uh, Steve Irwin. Uh, They travel around the world and show animals and film them so that kids can see them. So that's the live action part of this show. There's an animated part where the brothers have to go solve problems And they take on the characteristics or features of a particular animal in order to solve a problem. There is is a weird framing device sort of thing where, um, I'm not exactly sure how this is supposed to work, but they get a medallion somehow that uh, they slip into a slot in a suit that they wear. Right. And it gives them some sort of vague resemblance to the animal and its powers, which I don't understand why it has to be so complicated and why the show can't simply be that they turn into the animal. Why can't the Wildcrap brothers just turn into a puma? Instead, there's this really complex thing where they have a puma token. They slide into a slot and then they put, and then they get this magical puma costume that has some of the features of being a puma. And then they turn back into a person. But, it's, a, it's a weird, it, it's it's a weird premise. And they have to touch the animal for the first they time to, to get it. They have to touch the animal. They have, they have to implant DNA into their well, cause, cause super they, suit. And this will come become relevant for the episode that we're watching today, but they can't activate that token unless they have physical contact with the animal yeah it's it's a bizarre thing and so before we get started i just want to say this about this show that um unlike a lot of kids tv this is very earnest and um i feel a little bit bad making fun of these guys well i did so when we decided we were going to do wild kratz i felt a little bit bad because these guys clearly love doing this and there's a lot of love in this uh and it's not um crass merchandising aimed towards children um but then i watched this again and i don't feel bad about it anymore because it's very hard for an adult to sit through this i i feel there's there's plenty of pbs kids shows that are good that i don't have a problem watching and some of them i even enjoy like we've watched odd squad odd squad is great I think. I like Odd Squad. I, I can watch, I can sit there and watch an episode of Odd Squad and actually pay attention to it. This, so we we, we started watching this last night. We both fell asleep um, and had to stop. And we decided we were going to finish watching it today with, with our kid. Um, I almost fell asleep again. I, I had a very hard time making it through this. It's it's very boring. So shall we get started? Let's do so it. So this is just a sort of a representative episode of Wild Kratts, and this is the Back in Time episode. Well, it is a special two-parter. It's a special two-parter episode of Wild Kratts. So these typically start off with a live-action a piece uh, where the brothers Krat introduce the topic for the day, and the brothers Krat are very earnest, cheerful gentlemen. They are of sort of indeterminate middle age, sort of doughy, happy, cheerful men. These guys love 
them some animals. My first clue that I'm going to enjoy this episode is that they say, New York, that's an interesting place to be looking for animals. Uh, yeah, you've got pizza rat, you've got giant cockroaches, yeah. there's, like, there's lots pigeons. of animals. There's rats, there's, and, rats and pigeons. But, but, like, that is a known factor about New York City. Right. So, of course, there's creatures. So, yeah, so it starts off in New York City, and you're thinking, all right, what are we doing here? But then they go to the, the uh, what is this, Nat- uh, Natural History Museum? Yeah. Um, and they start talking about extinct animals. Uh, which which our our son really is this what got him fascinated yes. in ex- by extinct animals? He we saw fascinated by we this saw nation. this episode and he started becoming very interested in the distinction between extinct, real, and pretend animals. Right. So they're talking about some extinct animals and showing endangered species. I mean, the, the, basically, the moral of these two episodes is we need to watch out for animals and protect them so that they don't go extinct. Which is great. I mean, again, the the message uh, and the enthusiasm, I don't think you can fault them for. It's the execution is where things start to fall apart here. (laughs) I think the best part of these are when these two guys, when when they segue into the cartoon part, the two brothers do a karate leap in the air. They land in a fighting stance. In this case, they they were saying something like, "Oh, what if we could meet some some extinct animals?" They leap in the air and they yell, "What if?" And then they land in in a karate fight stance, big goofy grins in their face. And this is the part where I always like to imagine what it was like there on set when they filmed this, <laughs> and yeah. if these two a, a gr- grown grown ass men, yeah, <laughs> um, what t- two seconds after the camera stopped, if they flush red with embarrassment or or, no. or are they drunk when they do this like well, how do they get through this how, um, how do you do this with, with love and respect to our friends from the north they are canadian so they're they live in canada so i did a little pre-show research okay these are american these are 100 percent red-blooded american men oh but being the kind of men they are, they moved to Canada. <laughs> they now live in Ottawa. Okay. But they're from New Jersey, I think. Oh, so these, all right. Yes. So so they turn into cartoons who... The cartoons bear a passing resemblance to the men. Sort of. So, I mean, they, they resemble themselves in that one is taller than the other. The hair colors are generally correct, and they're both men. And then th- that's where the similarities end, and they're Caucasian. For what it's worth, they don't have the uh, calf problem that DC Super Friends does. In fact, they don't actually have any calves. It's just like straight sticks. They have no muscle definition whatsoever. Which Which is true. Which is true to life. (laughs) So it would have been, I was saying this the other night, it would have been funnier. They're not really going for funny, but it would have been funny if their cartoon versions of them were chiseled hunks. I think that would have been pretty, pretty funny. Square jawed. Yeah. I mean, this is a, uh, you know, it's dad bod. Dad bod is in yeah, right now. Yeah, got some serious uh, dad bod going on. I'd say the, the theme song is a little bit catchy. Yeah? A little bit. All right, let's hear it. It's, gonna go wild, 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 Kratz. Gonna go wild, 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 Kratz. Gonna go wild, 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 Kratz. I don't know if there are any other lyrics, but they do that a lot. And I was, I was singing that a little bit. Okay. I was singing that a little bit. I will be tom- all day tomorrow, probably. Cool. This episode begins with what are they lemurs or t- they're tarsiers tarsiers, which it's I don't know tiny that they, they really explain what that is. They're not again. They're not the monkey. They are shrunken versions of themselves wearing a suit that kind of vaguely looks like a monkey. Why they can't just turn into a monkey is the great mystery here. Because it's the difference between science and magic. Yeah. Because this is science. This is yeah. No, this is clearly <laughs> science. They turned into these little monkeys so that they can investigate the eggs of this endangered uh, Filipino eagle, which uh, the eagle immediately comes to eat them. Well, they are they're in their monkey suits, and it is a Philippine monkey eating eagle. So that that makes it sense. all fits. So I guess one of the educational aspects of this is that they spout off these random factoids about the animals they encounter. Yeah. Like, oh, the Philippine eagle is the largest eagle in the world. I guess it's as education. It, it, it It's more, like I just said, though, scattered random facts about random animals. It's not like you're getting a biology lesson or anything. You're learning that this one specific Philippine eagle is the biggest eagle. What it reminds me of 
and kids who get this very in-depth, discreet knowledge about dinosaurs is completely useless. Like, right. like that's not. I don't want to uh, discourage any kind of learning, but that's pretty useless, kind of. Uh, no, kind of I mean it's 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 like teachers who do really lazy pop quizzes, and it's like the facts of the thing without understanding the meaning of it. Right. So I think it's a reach to say that you're really learning about uh, animals, or as this show insists on calling them. Creatures. Creatures. You don't ever hear... I don't know that they ever use the word animal. They no, all, you're they, right. They refer right. to them solely as creatures. Which, when I think creature, I think monster. That, to me, a creature yeah. okay. is from a horror movie. Yeah. So, is an eagle a creature? It's an animal. I don't know. It's not a creature. So, the eagle chases them into their spaceship? No, it's a turtle. It it's a mobile, like, lab thingy that looks like a turtle, and it's called the Tortuga Station, the tur- or base, or oh, whatever, because right, right. it looks like they're, a turtle. They're mobile turtle stations. And they, 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 it chases them into the turtle, and they turn back into full-size people. Uh, they meet, so they have a support team of yeah. three individuals, one of whom, I guess, is supposed to be a Latina. Yeah. Uh, one's an African-American woman, and the other is a stoner? Yeah. He's just, he's like this... He's out of Breaking Bad. He is the, um... (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if he was making blue meth in the basement. Yeah. No, totally. He's the Scooby. (laughs) Not Scooby. He's the, he's the Shaggy. Shaggy, yeah, yeah. Well, also, I, so they, they go back to Tortuga Base in their, um, tiny monkey suits, and they transform back to their human-sized selves while they're sitting on their teammate. Yeah. So she's got the weight of two fully grown men. Yeah. They punch on, on her shoulders yeah. and they're like, all right, let's turn back into people now and smash her. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> of course Come on. they do. Come on. Be a little, be a little respectful of people's body space. Yeah. Turns out that in their turtle spaceship, they, they have the other eagle. So it was the daddy eagle who was chasing them. And the mom eagle, I guess, broke her wing or something. And they're keeping her in their prisoner while her wing heals up. And sh- this eagle looks, it looks like the mugshot, the famous Nick Nolte mugshot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy hair, bugged out eyes. And yeah. this eagle looks disturbed to be here. Well, she also looks really skeptical, about as skeptical as we are of this yeah. show. She's like, she's like, why am I here? <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that you're taking care of my wing, but can I just go home now to my eggs and my yeah? And my she, partner. she looks, she looks pissed and worried. So the uh, what's the uh, Aviva? Aviva? Aviva. That's, that's a, the, Aviva's the Latina. Koki so, is the is the black woman. Yeah. So so Aviva Aviva makes the mistake of saying that uh, she's worried that the Philippine eagles might go extinct. And the Krat brothers lose their shit. They lose their... In fact, they go catatonic. They fall down. Their eyes cross. They're unresponsive. They go into a fugue state. Well, everybody else actually does the work. Yeah. That's one of my main problems with this show, is that the Krat brothers get to, to leap around in their suits and don't listen... To the people who are actually, like, making sure that their mission is getting accomplished. Yeah, the Crab Brothers are just playing, basically. That, that's really what they, they play the entire episode. And their, their scientific support staff makes sure everything uh, goes according to plan. It's a lot like NASA, actually. Really. <laughs> it is. The, the astronauts are just sort of, you know, they sit in the, sit in the spaceship and they get shot up into space and they're the heroes, but uh, they had... They n- press the buttons they, on they spaceship. Nothing to do with the, uh, with the success of the mission. So anyway, the Crab Brothers are, are face down, ass up on the ground in a catatonic <laughs> state. And Aviva says, she's like, oh, I know what'll wake these guys up. And she reveals that she has constructed a time trampoline. A time trampoline. A time trampoline. And so they're, they're going to go back in time. And so this kind of comes back to the whole notion of, of visiting extinct animals. So the, the Crab Brothers instantly uh, come back to consciousness. Well, because they want to check... pants in excitement about this. They, they want to check off their bucket list of animals that they've seen. This is their entire raison d'etre <laughs> is to look as to see animals. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get the impression that they actually care about the dodo bird. That's what they decided to go see. But they're just like, ooh, an extinct animal that I can check off my list. Yeah, no, it's all about them. It's all about the Crab Brothers. They're deciding what, exactly what extinct animal they're yeah. going to go back to visit. And they have pre-constructed, I guess in anticipation that this may happen someday, they have constructed this this game show wheel with eight extinct animals on it and they're going to spin the wheel and select the animal that way 
at this point, there is a cutscene to, I guess, a, a long-standing villain in this series, Zach Vermitech. Is that the guy's name? Sure. He's some sort of techno entrepreneur or something, yeah. and he is inexplicably depicted as a beatnik poet with a black turtleneck, or, or he's maybe Steve Jobs. He's got this black turtleneck and, a, and uh, he he's he's the patch. poor man's non-charismatic Doctor Doofenshmirtz. Right, he's got he does have a little bit of a Doofenshmirtz thing going on uh, from uh, Phineas and Ferb, a Nork family favorite. But he um, hates the Wildcrats. As for reasons that are not really explored. He's bugged Tortuga Station. He's, so yeah. I'm saying they, they have a security problem. They do. He he has infiltrated. He is like the Russians in the 2016 election. He's completely <laughs> infiltrated their systems and is spying on them. Like well, at least this. he's not interfering in which extinct animal they choose. That's true. He's he is he's not I mean he's not Vladimir Putin. He's not like that bad of a guy. <laughs> well he's clearly he isn't because I don't see any tigers and he's wearing a shirt. That's so. yeah, yeah, he's not wrestling a bear shirtless. So uh, Vladimir Putin would actually be a great guest on the show because he's all about animals, all about wrestling what fucking bears and Creatures. Creatures, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's a creature guy. He's half creature. There's a great line here where this what's his name Zach Zach something. he's so unforg- yeah. he's so forgettable I can't even remember his name he so he's spying on them picking the animal that they want to go see and he's like oh they're they're <laughs> they're playing with a spinner and a trampoline quote that's frivolous and boring <laughs> <laughs> he's is, right this is his smack talk <laughs> it's frivolous and boring which well, is it's true I mean the. <laughs> That that is the sh- the whole show is frivolous and boring. So the brothers spin their wheel and it lands on Dodo Bird, and the quintessential extinct animal. Th- th- this is the epitome of an extinct animal, I guess. I don't know. The brothers, this is clearly what they wanted to land on because they start doing a happy dance. They're they're shrieking. Aviva and K- and Koki and Stoner dude don't exactly roll their eyes, but. Clearly, they're like, why didn't you just pick it if that's what you wanted to right, do? Yeah, no, that was my question. Like, they they knew what they wanted to land on. So they're going to go back to the 1600s, uh, pre-Dodo Bird extinction. And, you know, one thing I did learn from this episode is how to pronounce Mauritius. Mauritius? So they're going to the island of Mauritius, which I have seen that in writing, but had no idea how to pronounce it. So uh, Well, I, you learned I, something. I learned something from this. Yeah. Mauritius. All right, so so now is the portion of the show where I talk a lot about time travel. I have a real problem with the concept of a time trampoline. They're totally breaking all the rules of time travel. Okay, please expound. Well, as you know, if you're going to travel through time... You have to go 88 miles an hour. You have to go 88 miles an hour. Uh, the fact that they use a trampoline, although they do touch on this, they should have used a DeLorean. Everybody knows this. Also... The, the fourth dimensional aspect is absolutely not here. So this is not only a time machine, it's also a, I don't know, distance machine. Because they're not in Mauritius right now. Right, so they're going through space and time. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it is a wormhole method of time travel. It's very advanced technology. So what, what I thought you were going to mention, the problem I have with this is that they're like, oh, we'll stay in contact with you the whole time. Oh, right, right, And they right. talk to them, you know, through like a walkie-talkie. Right. This makes no sense. That would be like, oh, I'm speaking in real time to someone from 1620. Right. In but, but, some sort of moment-to-moment correlation. But not video. But not video. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, video won't work. But audio. Silly. Cool. We have to rely on audio, of course. Yeah. But speaking of Back to the Future, this also made no sense when they did this in Back to the Future and Doc Brown writes the letter to Marty when Doc Brown gets sent back to the Old West. And he says, oh, I made it. I'm alive in the Old West. And Marty starts yelling, oh, he's alive. He's alive. He's not alive. It's it's unclear if he's alive. He's writing. This is 150 years ago. This would be like... No, if he thought I, he thought that it was gonna be he was gonna be struck by lightning and not go through time. He thought that it was just destroyed. He was at the time Marty McFly is yelling, Doc's yeah. alive. Right. It is unclear if he is alive in nineteen eighty, whatever year that is supposed to be. Nineteen fifty five. Is th- you're that, you're talking about the transition between two and three. 
Correct. Yeah. At that moment, when Marty is yelling that, right. Doc could be dead. He has no Doc idea. is almost, almost he, certainly dead. He, he, know, he is dead at that point. He's not alive. And Marty's yelling, he's alive, which is the same as if I were to read, if I was to read Isaac Newton's Principia Mathematica, <laughs> and I start yelling, he's alive! Isaac Newton is alive! I just read this thing that he wrote hundreds of years ago. It, it is, makes no sense at but all. But if you're a time traveler, then the concept of that is not exactly the same. Because if he got the time travel, if he got the DeLorean working again, then he can just go back to 1885 and he would be alive. The question is whether he made it or not. Because there was a possibility that when the DeLorean was struck by lightning and it dis- disappeared, it didn't go back in time, it just got destroyed. Sure, it went back in time, but that has nothing to do with whether Doc Brown is alive at that moment or not. All you know is that he was alive. Marty could start yelling, he was alive! Doc Brown was alive! Brandon, so- you're not thinking fourth dimensional. <laughs> All right. The the real-time communication between the present day and the uh, 1600s in this disturbs me. Oh, yeah. Now, this is messed up. This doesn't make any sense. And, and it, I just think it is really funny that they make the distinction. They're like, no, no video, yeah, but no, audio is yeah, totally cool. Right. They don't have the bandwidth. Right. So they go back in time. They're on Mauritius Island in the 1600s, and they immediately find some dodo birds, which I guess are these sort of fat, jovial... They're giant... Pigeons. Giant, happy pigeons. They, they do look cuddly. I, I do want to cuddle them. They're pretty cute. So one of uh, Zach's robots watches this whole thing uh, occur and then alerts uh, Zach, who, if you'll recall, is the, be- the evil beatnik poet technocrat that this is underway. And Zach is pissed off because he thinks that time travel was his idea. So oh, and he's he, got an invisibility cloak that he stole out of Harry Potter, although he thinks he invented it. Right, so he puts on his invisibility cloak. He, he has it hanging on a, a mannequin of his body from the torso up, which is weird. It'd be like if I designed my own clothes and I made a mannequin that looked exactly like myself, but only from the navel up, and I hung all my clothes on it. I creepy. Feel like, it's really I feel creepy. like that's something that Kanye might do. It, it's a Kanye way. It's a weird, psychosexual, narcissistic thing to do. So Kanye West would make one of those and then make out with it. And then you film it and it'd be a music video. Well, yeah, well, I feel like he'd already... Didn't he already do that? That one with all the bodies in the bed? I don't know. He did. He did do that. Yeah, he did. Okay. <laughs> so that's exactly the kind of thing he did. I know, that's why I said yeah, it. I, say, I, know, I know Kanye West. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so Chris... Or Martin, one of the Krat brothers. He says, seeing a dodo bird is a dream come true. Isn't that a weird dream to have? Because it's basically impossible. Yeah. Except for Aviva happened to make a time machine. Right. No, if your lifelong dream was to see a dodo bird, then you have a miserable life. You Mm -hmm. have an unachievable goal. Also, their naming in this show is really bad. So they meet this dodo bird, and they're like, oh, (laughs) let's, let's name you. Let's be the first people to name an extinct creature. And so they meet this specific dodo bird, and because they see him eating rocks, which is essential to their gastrointestinal process, they name him Rocco. They name him Rocco, even though they all eat rocks. All of them. But the first one they see, they name Rocco. So that'd be like an alien comes to Earth, and it sees a person sleeping, and they're like, I'm going to call this one Sleepy. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> they, would call him, sleepy. they call him Sleepy McBig Guy. This one is Sleepy McBig Guy, which, <laughs> just an aside, I was called that by a teenage employee at mcdonald's one time <laughs> i went through the drive-thru first thing in the morning and i'm sitting there waiting for my my egg mcmuffin or whatever i ordered and i was tired i'm sitting there in the car about to fall asleep and the teenager opens up the window and he says hey there, big guy big guy in this little car sleepy hey here's here's sleepy Mc, sleepy mcbig guy and hands me my sandwich and i never i did not go back there again for months didn't yeah, you yeah. go in the van though which is not like a tiny car no this was in the compact car all right so they're on mauritius they're they're loving on all these dodos they're super excited and then this ship rolls up sails up it's a galleon well yeah because we're in 1690 with one person on it well, one person that we know of. They well, probably they, just they ran only, out of animation. They only, show, they only ever show this one guy right. on this ship. So then the guy comes on the island and is like, oh, is there anything to eat here? And some three foot tall dodo birds walk up and he's like, oh, giant chickens. 
Yeah, he starts stuffing him in a bag, hand over fist, stuffing him in a bag. I guess this character's whole thing is he travels the world looking for weird shit to eat. He's Anthony Bourdain. He's Anthony. This <laughs> is his destinations. What's the name of that show? This, I don't know. This is kind of, this is sort of a creepy part. When, when we were watching this with our kid, I, I was wondering how if he was creeped out by this. Because this giant, weird-looking man just starts grabbing these cute birds and cramming them into a bag, yelling about how he's going to eat them all. Yeah. It's sort of disconcerting. He's like, oh, you look like a tasty morsel. I can't <laughs> wait to cram you down my throat. Yeah. This, he picks up a baby dildo and he's like, oh, an appetizer. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it's And what is his look is very strange. He looks like... Like an obese Italian fashion designer, he's got a very he's got a very manscaped face. Hey, I applaud good grooming, although I'm skeptical about the ability to do that. A in 1690, B in like sailing around the world. I still this guy smells overwhelmingly of Old Spice. I can just tell by looking at him that he's just wafting off of him. All right, so the crap brothers are now putting in their dragon tokens and becoming dragonflies. So they fly in their dragonfly costumes out to the galleon. This is this is another part of this that was that was kind of irritating. Is the the t- the time um, trampoline is starting to fall apart? Koki's like, dudes, we don't have time to save the dodo birds. Also, they're not going to save the dodo birds. Either they save the do- dodo birds and completely change space-time, and Earth becomes overrun with dodo birds, and history changes, or whatever. Or they temporarily save these particular dodos, and it doesn't matter. I was wondering where they were going to go with this. Well, they don't go anywhere. Because because clearly you can't have them save the dodo birds, because then what do you tell the kids? You're like, oh, actually, this was a lie. The dodo birds are still extinct, so you can't save the dodo birds. Right. So they bring these particular dodos back to the island, and then the gourmand sails away. After one of the Crab Brothers changes the location on his map, because he wants to come back. Yeah, so let's so so let's get into that because they they kind of wrestle with this notion like, oh well, we saved them this time, but they're just going to come back and eat these dodos next time. So one of the Crab Brothers says, oh, I'll take care of that, and he he flies in the window where the gourmand has marked the location of the island, and he erases it and remarks it in Antarctica. Who's going to go there and eat all the penguins? So, A, you have just redirected him towards the penguins. B, that is stupid, because how dumb is this guy that he is like, oh, I could have swore that this island was off the coast of Africa, but it looks like I marked it down off the bottom of the map in Antarctica. That, that would be like if we went on a road trip, <laughs> and somewhere in the Midwest, yeah. we ate at this great cafe. Right. And I say, we've got to go back to this cafe sometime. And I mark it on my map. Right. But then our son erases that and instead puts the mark in Alaska. Right. And on the way back, I'm like, oh, did we, honey, did we go to, a, did we go through Alaska <laughs> yeah. to get here? That's yeah. what the map says. I'm a fucking idiot. I don't know. <laughs> so this is ultra dumb, even for a kid show. But of course it works. And this guy goes, they have a brief clip of him in Antarctica freezing his ass off because he's so stupid. So two tiny dragonflies pull this whole giant boat of dodos back to the island. All the dodos hop off on top of them. Koki is like, dudes! Yeah, there's some kind of Star Trek nonsense jargon about the destabilizing time trampoline. And they have to get back ASAP. I would rather have a dodo bird versus a dog. I have to assume birds don't bark. We don't know that the dodo birds could have. Maybe they screamed. Maybe they, that'd be they that'd be fine s- by they me. Screamed like the, like they're being murdered all the time. That'd be fine. Maybe by that's me. why they were they were all killed. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't for food. Is because they, they were really eating. annoying. They're super annoying. <laughs> all right, so Koki and the Grat brothers make it back through time and again fall on top of each other. This seems to be a theme. They don't yeah. have good sense of where their body is so when they get back they declare that they might have taught dodo birds survival skills and that the dodo birds might not be extinct so they go to the computer and i guess they like google are dodo still alive or well something? they they probably have it on their proprietary crab brothers yeah creature software right yeah they type they like type in dodo and then i guess their computer like counts how many dodo birds in the world there are and it says zero and then there's a picture of a dodo bird that's been x'd out 
So like, oh, zero dodo birds are still extinct. Very kind of a downer ending for this kids show. To what else are they going to do? uh, Time travel. Futility of time travel. (laughs) Come on. If kids can't believe in time travel, what can they believe in? Uh, Freedom and democracy? No. Oh, come give me a break. Just kidding. So Zach the villain, yeah, he's formulating his plan to trap the Crap Brothers back in time. Because the guys, of course, are going to do this again. They've tasted... Well, they, ha- they haven't tasted the dodo bird. They didn't, they've gotten a taste of <laughs> what it's like to see an extinct animal, and uh, they need more. They're addicted to it now. So that ended the first part of this two-part series. So we go back to the live-action part of this, where they again announce that they're in North America in the world-famous New York City. Which, I, I mean, that's technically true. It is world famous. But that's sort of, it's, that's not that different from saying we're in the world famous United States of America. It's such an understatement that it's, it's ridiculous. They're walking now, granted, I've never walked through Central Park before. But I would be surprised, maybe this happens, these two guys are walking through Central Park with giant hikers' backpacks on. Okay, like, so so people don't do that, but I feel like for all of their live action sequences, they must have backpacks yeah, I guess on because they're around wherever. These, these massive backpacks is part of their part of their look. So in this live action sequence, they are announcing the star of uh, the next cartoon, uh, which is the Tasmanian Tiger, which I admit I've never he- I had never heard of before. You learned a second thing. I learned another thing. Apparently, it's a, rel- a relative of the Tasmanian Devil, but it looks like a it looks like a jackal or something. And uh, apparently, it's defined. One of its defining features is that it can open its mouth really wide, which it, which it does, in a manner that would be very fitting in any horror movie. It opens its mouth really wide. It's very disturbing. It's, it's very like the, it's those creatures from Labyrinth. It that swallow like, their eyes and yes, it looks just like those. Well, its head does. Its head that looks like it's, that. It's a it's one of those heads on a dog's body with stripy fur. This is another thing where I think it's extinct because as soon as a person saw it do that, the person <laughs> said they all have to die. <laughs> These cannot be allowed to be on planet Earth because I'm never going to sleep again. <laughs> now maybe it's because I think dodos are cute to the degree that extinct animals can be cute. I have far less tolerance for this half of the two-parter than I did for the first half. Yeah, this is where I was fading hard when we watched this earlier, and talking about it now, I'm about to fall asleep again. (laughs) This is very boring. (laughs) Because they're not cool. I mean, the dodo bird was sort of this funny, fat, happy bird that was sort of interesting, but these are just jackals with weird mouths. What extinct animal would you time travel to go visit? If you had to, if you were forced to, like at gunpoint. Neanderthal humans, <laughs> I think. Okay. Was, yeah. Yeah. My uh, 23andMe DNA test says they have uh, more Neanderthal DNA than 98% of human beings. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, are you the missing link? I don't <laughs> think so. There's all kinds of weird shit that I keep discovering about my family, so who knows? There's a lot of exposition about the tiger, and I get that that's the point of this show, to do the random factoids about the creatures. But the Tasmanian tiger is not charismatic at all. No, and nor does it appear that anything you would learn about it would be relevant to extant creatures in the world today. Because it's such a weird outlier. It lived in this completely isolated area. It has this bizarre mouth that you don't see in any other living creature. So, I mean, if you're going to talk about it, I think it'd be an interesting way to talk about how evolution occurs in isolated systems. Right. Why are the creatures on these isolated islands so different from everything else in the world? Why are animals in Australia completely different from everywhere else in the world? Does that come up at all? Not in these episodes. No. No, it's just, again, these sort of isolated facts that by themselves are forgettable. So they go back in time once again, uh, this time to Tasmania, I guess. Yeah, so immediately the Crab Brothers are attacked by a Tasmanian devil and a Tasmanian qual, which uh, I don't know what that is. And Third thing you've learned. They, well, I didn't learn it. I, I, I learned there's a thing called a qual, but yes. they don't say anything about it other than it's eating this guy's ear. 
Koki's like, well, we're this is it for time traveling. So I yeah, I guess it's right. got it's got two jumps in it, and then it falls apart. It's, well, a, it's a lemon. Maybe it's a, no, maybe it ran out of plutonium. It, but it breaks. She's like, oh, this is this is we're done with this trampoline. Mm. And it, it breaks at the end, right? Oh. So it's like it's like an, an iPhone that's that's more than a couple years old and, and stops working, <laughs> forcing you to buy a new time trampoline every couple years. So they find the Tasmanian tigers. There's a mom and dad. They're nuzzling. So they named them Taz Dad and Taz Mom to continue with the theme of really stupid names for the animals that they meet. The worst name is for the for the baby Tasmanian tiger because the stripes make an X. So he says, I'll name you Little X. Little X, yeah. It's like, I'm going to name you Stripey Tiger Guy. Yeah. <laughs> this one opens its mouth really wide. I'm going to call it Big Mouth. Yeah. So Zach, the beatnik poet, has captured um, the support staff back in the present. Cooking. And uh, I don't understand why he needs to go back in time. Because he can shut it down from this end of things. Well, he has not watched enough Bond movies. I mean, it gets really explicit when he goes back in time. Because oh, he, that's right. He says, oh, I could just, you know, sabotage the time trampoline, but I need to go tell the yeah, crap brothers. I need to tell them to their it. faces. I need to see the look on their stupid, happy, smiling faces. All right. So the Tasmanian tigers are going after the kangaroos, and the Crab Brothers are chasing after them as Crab Brothers, not as yeah. any of their like creature powers. Yeah, things. I like this part because they are running just as fast as the Tasmanian tig- tigers are. They're keeping up with them. They get tired, but they're well. That's that's the point. That's one of the factoids: is they don't go fast, but they go long. Yeah. One Crab Brother slings the other Crab Brother. So that he could land on one of the Tasmanian tigers and prevent the tigers from encountering some people who are ranchers to um, have who have brought their sheep to this area to to serve as pasture. So these British sheep farmers show up and they're going to exterminate the Tasmanian tigers uh, so their sheep can roam in peace. Which you know, yeah. There's, there are two sides to this story. Are there? Why do there need to be sheep there? Just let the Tasmanian well, creatures more, be. Uh, the Tasmanian tigers, are their lives worth more than the sheep? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess the sheep are an invasive species. There but, you uh, go. I mean, I don't know that sheep are. I think in this situation, it's the humans that are the invasive species. Uh, yeah. It's not like the sheep are wandering around the backlands of, of Tasmania being right. like, oh, tigers, we're going to de-jungle your jungle. That is something about kids' shows in general, though, when it comes to the anthropomorphizing of predators, like wolves and tigers and whatnot, creatures that eat other creatures. Right. And you, they have you sympathize with the carnivore, but what about all of the friendly creatures this thing eats and murders and consumes? The kids' stories never have you feel bad for them. I think it depends. I can't on think of one off the top of my head where. Well, I guess where the hero of the story, the Lion King, is shown devouring a, a forest bunny, ripping it yeah. from and eating it. Yeah. No, you're right. I like this part. So the the Crab Brothers get their Tasmanian tiger suits on, and one of them is like, "This suit's great." With this tail, because one of the features of a Tasmanian tag tiger is it can it can stand up on its hind legs and lean back on its tail like a kangaroo. The crab brother's like, "Look at this! I can stand up and look around." <laughs> and he's just standing there looking around, like a, like I dare say, like a person. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so it's not it's not as important to have a, a tail like that if you are just already. Walking on two you're, feet. You're already a bipedal up, creature right. like they are. So yep. the special feature that they get is they can stand up like a person. All right. Zach is uh, going through the time trampoline after tying up Pokey in the Tortuga station. Pokey. Pokey. Yeah, so Zach goes back in time. He's got a Zach Bots. He's got a Zach Bots with him. He's going to go thumb his nose at the Crap Brothers. I also find this sort of irritating. The Crab Brothers are trying to, again, save these creatures that are going to go extinct. She seems really, like, patronizing and condescending. Like, stay away from humans. Humans bad. 
And then the tigers are starting to go after these sheep, and the crab brother like puts pepper on it or something. I thought like, it seems like he's seasoning the sheep. Yeah, I thought he was. Gonna, it's like isn't that going to make the sheep like more appealing? Is salt and pepper in the yeah. sheep? Yeah, and and the 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 tiger walks up to it, and he, they sniff it, and and then they walk away. Yeah, what did they put on there? Because it I don't know. really looked like a salt or pepper shaker. I don't know. Maybe it was chili powder or something. It, anyway, they're they're trying to teach these uh, Tasmanian tigers to like don't don't eat food, stay away from stay away from humans, don't eat sheep. So Zach comes up to the crab brothers and says, "Hey guys, I'm going to trap you back in time." And one of them says, no, you're not. And he says, yes, I am. And that's the exchange. Yeah. So the Crab Brothers chase after Zack. So Zack's robot runs out of gas, I guess. Oops. Zack's robot lost all of his energy and dumped him on the floor. So the Crab Brothers make it back to the time trampoline, except for Zack's robot's got Aviva, who I think could get out of the robot's grip if she really wanted to. They need a damsel in distress. So that the brothers can exert their patriarchal Boo. dominance. Maybe Zach's robot is actually a sex robot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it did a dark turn for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Zach's sex robot ravishes Aviva here at the end. I w- it would wake me up. <laughs> this, this sleep-inducing cartoon needs a little bit of... Uh, Juice. It needs a little juice, so to speak. Zack incompetently bounces back through the time trampoline and releases the Koki uh, uh, and Stoner dude back at Tortuga Station. W- with another example of somebody falling on top of somebody else, we should we should have kept track of this and turned it into a drinking game. Mm. How many times someone falls on top of somebody in the Crap Brothers? Well, I don't want to watch more because it's really not worth it. But now I'm curious if that's like a yeah, secret the, running joke. Yeah, did the writers put that in every episode where someone has to fall on top of somebody? Yeah, be like those like you know, secret Disney things where... Where there's a boner in every, right. like, in every DVD cover, there's a boner somewhere. Right. <laughs> So the Crab Brothers have a crisis of conscience and trying to decide whether or not to steal a Tasmanian tiger and take it back to present with them. And one of them actually stuffs one down his pants. <laughs> He's got this baby Tasmanian wow. tiger down his shorts. It's his his little marsupial pouch. It's his. It's in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but wow. he, he decides that he's not going to s- smuggle a extinct creature. Well, he, the, the his, moral argument is that he's not going to take the baby away from its mother since they sp- and spend their entire lives back in the present reuniting baby and, baby creatures with right. their mother so creatures. So this is yet another way the Crab Brothers sh- show more ethical restraint than the Trump administration <laughs> by not separating children from their parents. The Tasmanian tiger could be part of M- MS. 12, whatever the fuck it is. It's coming. Tasmanian Tigers raping our women. So the problem with your, your Trump impression is that it, like, is it mostly... anything like him. Well, it's mostly, like, coherent sentences. <laughs> right. That, that if you read a transcript for it, you'd be just be like, oh, okay. Right. This is dumb, but I understand what <laughs> is being a, said. It's a complete English sentence. Yeah. So they all come back uh, forward in time. I think there was more people falling on top of people, probably. I wasn't paying close enough attention. Zach says, it's time for me to get out of here in one of the most on-the-nose statements that a villain can ever make. And then he just disappears. He just takes off on the back of his robot off to go have intercourse with the sex robot. <laughs> and the team doesn't, doesn't like do anything. They're like, okay, bye. See you next time, Zach. They go run to the computer to check and see if any Tasmanian tigers still exist, and the computer's like, no, extinct. Well, this time it at least says that there have been unconfirmed oh, sightings. right. There's this weird, like, fake news, like, uh, urban legend that, that they spouse, like, oh, well, there are unconfirmed sightings of Tasmanian tigers. It is Australia. That's a big place. It's true. So they leave the door open. Which was probably true before, but then they just didn't mention it, so right. they could make it seem like they, they did something It'd be in the funny past. if they just totally made that up, though, if there are no unconfirmed reports. <laughs> <laughs> now we're back to live-action brothers, showing more clips of this Tasmanian monster with the big mouth. I think I would have had a... I think if I had watched this at our son's age, I would have had a nightmare about this thing. I, the, I really do. I'm the not, Jaws? I, I'm totally serious, yeah. 
So you think this is scary, and you don't think Gremlins are scary. Aaron thinks that the movie Gremlins is a, is actually a horror movie. To me, it was. It I saw it too it early fam- in life. It's a family comedy. No, it's not. <laughs> hey, there's a reason why they invented PG-13 because of Gremlins. Because of you. Because, they, because of the experience <laughs> that fine. you had with the movie Gremlins. They That's said, fine, we have to me. do something. All right, so now we're running through a bunch of extinct animals and the wild crats standing next to them and smiling into the camera. And yeah, they I, can't not smile is the thing. Even when they're talking about endangered animals and extinct animals, they still have a big shit-eating grin on their face. All right, I have a confession to make. I can't remember his name, but the short brown-haired one, I think he's hot. Yeah. Aaron <laughs> has an inexplicable crush on, on, the, sh- on the less attractive crap brother. <laughs> Oh, no, he's clearly the more attractive <laughs> he one. Is, he is not. Yes, he yes, is. He is. No. The other guy is puffier. More built than the than the little, the little squirrely guy. No, you, you you don't understand raw sex appeal. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the elemental masculinity of the Crab Brothers is a normal man can't uh, cannot compete with that. So I'm not even going to try to. So, so that's the episode. Any final thoughts on, on this? I mean, I think we've made it clear that we don't enjoy this. No. Here's the thing. I, to me, if I'm going to be honest and look deep into my soul, I would have to say that my problem with it is twofold. One of which is just sour grapes, because <laughs> these guys are having a great time doing this. <laughs> I, I believe that they love animals. Mm-hmm. I think they like doing this. They're doing what they love. Yep. They are grinning the entire time, and it just makes me angry to see somebody having a great time <laughs> making a living doing what they love, and it makes me mad. What, that's the, part of it. What's the opposite of Schadenfreude? That, yeah, that's 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 what I have. <laughs> I have dismay at somebody else's joy. As happy as these guys are talking about animals, what makes me that happy? When have you seen me as happy as these guys talking about a, a Madagascar lemur or whatever, whatever the hell? Uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's the, uh, so the other issue I have with it is just simply that it's boring. I here's the thing. I'm actually fine with our son watching the show because it may not teach you anything about animals, but it's it, it's not educational so much as it is inspiring. I think I don't. I think it could inspire. Well, it inspired him to be interested in extinct animals. So yeah. I think it has the possibility to inspire an interest in creatures. It's not educational per se, but at his age group, we're talking four and under, you're not necessarily looking for education. I think inspiration is also a very valid pursuit for a, for a program like this. The problem, though, is that I cannot watch it with him because it is a sleep aid. Well, I don't think this show is actually for four-year-olds. I think it is for older kids. It does, it does sort of straddle a weird age. I'm not sure who it's for. It is. It, it has a certain complexity that makes it, I think, hard for a really little kid to understand. But it is too dumbed down for, I, I would say, like a, a grade schooler... I don't think could possibly be interested in this. No. I think it's too too simple yeah. for them and probably yeah. too complex for a smaller kid. Yeah. And and not even remotely interesting for an adult person. So I'm not sure who the intended audience is really supposed to be. If you're going to be interested in animals, you know, or creatures, excuse me, there's so many good YouTube clips with, from National Geographic or like BBC. Who's the guy? Rich and Richard uh, Attenborough, is that his name? Yeah. He does the animal clips. He's a narrator. So he's got a great voice. Yeah. An adult person can sit there and listen to his rich British accent. And it's interesting clips. It actually is educational. I mean, the live action content on here where they're actually showing the real animals is no more than five minutes in a 25 minute episode. So most of it is animation. Why not just watch the actual animals? Right. I mean, I guess you are sure if you're watching Wild Kratts that you're not accidentally going to run into a scene of a lion ripping a gazelle's head off. I also have a problem with the whole, like, team thing. I don't like that the Crab Brothers just get to prance around and everybody else does you, the work. This distur- you've, this, you've brought this up many times. This clearly is this really disturbs you. <laughs> that, this, that the support team is relegated to the shadows 
it's it's a really hidden it's a hidden figures type scenario here. Yes, Aaron, yes, it Aaron, is. Aaron wants the a documentary on the own told story of the crap brother of the women who made the crap brothers what they are. Well, well, and stoner guy and the stoner guy. The stoner guy is so incidental to this. I have to wonder why he is even there. He he had what one line in the show. He just sort of hangs out in the background. Check off stoner as this guy. Visual presence. <laughs> Check off stoner guy. Yeah, yeah, he's he's yeah. If you show a stoner in Act One, in Act Three, that stoner needs to have a a, a needle filled with adrenaline jam to do his heart. <laughs> <laughs> or he could cult, try cult to fiction. try to get the uh, the Tasmanian tiger high. Yeah. Stripes are crazy. <laughs> Stripes are like one of those magic eye things. I'm going to stripe your brain, man. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to audition for the role of Stoner Guy Stoner on, on Wildcraft. Please yeah, I've do. I've got to write them. Tell I them I have some ideas. So, they, they, they should do an episode where they go into deepest Mexico. They all get high on, what's that? <laughs> that uh, oh, yeah. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Or peyote, yeah, and uh, they go hunt the chupacabra. <laughs> that's that's a different show. That's like called Ghost Hunters. I, I think. like the Wildcrats to do. There should be a spinoff series where they uh, they engage in cryptozoology and they go hunting the Loch Ness monster. See, that would and, be entertaining. And, and Bigfoot, that'd be awesome. And since it's animated, they could. They could do they it. They could just do it. Yeah, we haven't watched enough Wildcrats. So it's possible that sometimes the support team gets to do the interesting thing. There is a... Well, they're not getting paid the big bucks. They're not getting paid crap bucks. Crap bucks. Any other any final comments on this winter? There's a part of me that feels kind of bad. For, I mean, not like the crap brothers could give two shits about what, what two nobody yokels on their little dog and pony show podcast think about their show. <laughs> but regardless, I still feel a little bad making fun of them just because they're, it's so it's such an earnest show, but whatever. I, I, I don't think I could ever watch another episode of this. Alright, well I think that wraps it up. That's it for this week's episode of the Nork Podcast. Uh, drop us a line at Nork Podcast, all one word, Podcast at gmail.com, or you can search for us at Nork Podcast, Podcast on Facebook. I've been Brandon. I've been Aaron. Uh, music is Blind Loved Up by Jarris. Thanks for listening. See you next time. All right, that's that's it for this week's episode. <laughs> that's it for this I week's episode. <laughs> Just trying to get it a little. <laughs> uh, that's it for this week's episode of the Nork Podcast. Right. I'm Aaron. <laughs> You're not even the one who's been drinking. Yeah. <laughs> All right, one more time. Just a pause.